0: Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville. Tom and I are here, and Trent drove over this morning. So, Trent, good to see you, man.
1: Likewise. Good to see you all. What brings you to the neighborhood? Man, it's that time of year. (laughs) Let's get excited about planting some soybeans. How about that? Get excited about planting everything.
0: A lot of corn in, up, going. Looks better now after couple weeks post harsh freeze. I think a lot of it looks pretty good. I think some of it has been replanted, particularly further south, but all of it right around here looks pretty good. I've seen just little patches of soybeans up. You and I talked about that the other day, Trent. I think there's more in the ground than that, particularly after last week.
1: Yeah, I think uh, warmer temperatures and and folks kind of you know, having an opportunity to particularly plant some of these non-irrigated acres around and getting them in early. We don't have a a large number of acres by any means planted already, but but quite a few considering the calendar date. Yeah, and quite a few considering the last few years
0: when we've gotten going. So today's April the 4th, okay, Uh, and it's wet, and I guess it's going to be wet probably the rest. supposed to get wetter,
2: you know, depending on which – weather app you use but
0: by the time you are listening to this depending on where you're standing you might be on a tractor because it might be go time you might be next in a week. dry
2: spot for sure
0: so trent before we get into soybeans how did the turkey season progress i haven't talked to you since the season actually well started. I'll,
1: I'll just say this i've reached the stage and this is i this is no complaint this is this is actually a lot of fun I've reached the stage where I have a partner that wants to go hunting with me every time I go. So the first time that I was gonna go, the the opening weekend Saturday morning, I was I was tucking her in, I was getting ready to to get all my stuff together, you know, and, and she said something about Saturday morning. I said, Well, I, I think I think Daddy might try to go turkey hunting and she looked at me with those big eyes and said, Without me? <laughs> I said, No ma'am, not without you. So <laughs> we uh we packed it up and went and, and, and so that, that's that is the current status of my hunting and we may or may not see anything, but it's a lot of fun to try.
0: So I could only imagine not a big turkey hunter, not a turkey hunter at all, but I can only imagine that turkey hunting with a little one is quite a bit more difficult than deer hunting with a little one.
1: Yeah, we we actually so the the day we went was was super cold that weekend. Right. And and, and so we I cheated and we sat in the in the box stand. Well, that's so what I was going to ask you. Did you just turn break the down? heater off? Did, did you just break down and get in the well, deer stand? I, I got cold. Like I thought I was prepared. No, I was not. I got cold. So yeah, we we got in the deer. That's stand. That's probably
2: because you bundled her up and then figured you could get by with less. Right. And <laughs> it didn't.
1: It did not work that way. So we. I mean, we saw we saw a few hens. We didn't see any any longbeards, but she had a good time watching them. They were yelping back and forth and putting on a show. So it was fun.
0: Your seven-year-old is different to my six-year-old because my six-year-old will talk trash about stuff like that, but then when it comes down to it and the rubber's about to hit the road, she's going to back out on me.
1: Well, you know, I think it's a delicate balance because for sure that morning we were sitting there with nothing happening and it's cold outside. She's like, kind of ready to go. And then all of a sudden, these these hens started walking down the road, coming our way, and when they did their thing and left, I said, all right, now you ready to go? Nope, I want to stay now, so... Having some action uh, certainly piqued her interest, no, and she's ready to go back. No question about
0: that. Um, I wish I could get on <coughs> help, goblin. kind of helps that, Daddy,
1: that, too, though, having some action. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the, the two things that I've learned is, is never leave home without snacks, and, and I need to build another box stand so that we can have some additional scenery to look at <laughs> <laughs> instead of the same spot over and over.
2: Turkey hunting aside, obviously your phone's starting to ring. What are some of the early season topics you're discussing with folks right now?
1: I mean, up to this point, it's it's been, you know, just prep kind of things like early planting date, ultra early. Let me let me let me preface that. I, I think we're we're now into the early planting window, but I'm talking about a couple of weeks ago, late March kind of planning. A lot of the questions were, you know, maturity group selection for that planting date. And you know, ultimately yield potential and populations and things of that nature.
2: And how many of those folks are planting to double it? They're going to plant a bean crop now and then turn around and plant something after they harvest that.
1: You know, I don't know a lot. I think I think a lot of a lot of what has been planted so far is is mainly the non-irrigated acres or just getting started, getting things set, just preparing for whenever whenever we do catch this break in this weather and, and we plant an unbelievable number of acres in a short period of time.
0: If the weather breaks and it gets dry, yeah. As warm as it's been, aside from that cold week, as warm as it's been over the past six weeks, when it gets dry, there ain't no amount of talking going to stop anybody. Man, it's,
1: it's always fascinated me. I had this conversation with somebody recently just talking about the, the speed at which we can accomplish field tasks in, in today's – modern agricultural technology and I mean you you think about it we we can literally plant a million acres of soybeans in a week in this state I mean that's I that think it's moving. realistic yeah I mean you Oof. million acres in a week uh, so we just you know we've, we've touted for really decades now about the early planting soybean system and the the extra yield potential that planting in an optimum planting window can bring and our biggest limitation is battling mother nature during that that optimum planning window and you know we can to some degree overcome that with technology and equipment size and the speed at which we can cover this ground
2: well and there's no answer to it, but how many years do we regularly sit here and have the conversation about easter freeze that's right and if you look at the long range forecast there's not at least a predicted freeze at this time that's right for easter
0: and easter's I mean, it's late this year. I mean, April the 8th or 9th or whatever it'll be. So that's a little late for Probably Easter. a couple of days late. But, too, I, I think it's supposed to be moderately cool latter part of the week, but by no means cold. Yeah, I think I Thursday
2: talking, the highs are supposed to be like 58 or something. Yeah,
0: I was talking to somebody this morning about your herbicide activity. And he was thinking about waiting, you know, with the temperatures cooling off some latter part of the week. And I told him, I said, No, man, it's not going to gonna be cooler, but it's not going to be cool enough to affect that. So go and do what you need to do if you can get it done you know, before it rains again. We were kind of due for a good temperature year, though, in combination of temperature year and moisture year. And that remains to be seen because it's wet, like I said, wet right now and going to get wetter probably for most everybody tomorrow.
1: It feels like we always look at memorable events in agriculture, like in a 10-year span. And, And when you look at the last 10 years, or say 2010 to 2020, I can't remember, but maybe two Aprils that were really favorable for covering a lot of ground. And one of those was 2014. And it was temperatures like this, but the rain also slacked up. And I think we planted... Uh, about 60% of our total acres in the month of April that year. And guess what we did? We broke the state record in terms of yield. So, you know, again, just opportunity is what we're looking for.
0: And then the flip side of that would be, I'm probably going to quote the years wrong, but 19 and 20 after the falls of 18 and 19 when it was so, so wet. And, man, we were field work going Mm -hmm. on in April when we wanted to be sticking a crop in the ground and so those got tough in places, you know, depending on the soil texture. Uh, really pushed things back. Sure did. So those were memorable years. Ones that I call into memory because it just blew up our burn down because we didn't get anything done early because there wasn't any need to do anything early because you knew you were going to have to work that piece of ground anyway
2: once it dried up. Well, if you sit and think about record yield, and a state yield record for those types of situations then you just said it's important to get that crop in early and so everything has to stack up then in that direction what else applies for that right now
1: in terms of getting the the crop in
2: absolutely getting the crop in getting everything just set nice and perfect for that type of situation well to i mean into that.
1: you know, fortunately i think last fall we had a I don't remember having a fall as as opportune as it was for field work, so most of that that got accomplished and and then you know Jason burned down this the past couple of months has has gone relatively smooth I think pretty, pretty so' really I, I think point. we're just quite literally waiting on the weather to, to break and just give us uh, the field conditions to be able to get in and, and move uh, and, and if we get that, I mean're we're going we're gonna to cover some ground. Quick, yeah. fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, I think you're just
0: waiting for the the soil moisture. <laughs> the Temperatures there. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's just and, the moisture. And now, because yeah. the, the the soil temperature is there now, so I mean, those are the two things, the two boxes you've been waiting to check, and you've got one of them checked, and now it's a matter of getting that other one right, and then Katie barred the
1: door. Then you know, those years where we get some pretty favorable March weather, and and guys can can get a lot of corn planted in a short window. Sometimes we. I'll get the question about going ahead and transitioning and starting planting beans, even even in March, and even when we have warmer temperatures and in drier conditions, I still get a little bit nervous planting planting soybeans in March. And I mean, just the reality of where we live and and the the unexpected nature of our weather, going from freezing one day to to <laughs> eighty to five the next. But you know, one thing that I try to remind people is, is that when you look at the planting date response to the soybean, you know, there there's there's certainly Temptation and 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 wisdom, even in planting some of these acres ultra early, especially some of these non irrigated acres that can capitalize on some of the typical rainfall that we hope to get uh, for the next couple of months before things get really hot and dry. But when you look at the planting date response, you know what you expect for a planting date in say late March is about equal to the yield response in that same calendar week period in May. So you're starting your your yield curve you know, at this point in March, and you're steadily increasing through the month of April and then coming back down into the month of May. So, you know, my point is, is that where we have been the last couple of weeks, we're not missing anything. We, we've had some, some opportunity here and there to plant, but we're not yet missing anything by having not planted. But every day now moving forward, it's go time.
0: You know, and Eric made an interesting comment when we talked to him a a few weeks ago talking about the optimum date to plant corn in Mississippi. And, you know, and he had two numbers. He had the number for the 20 something years that he's been the corn specialist in Mississippi. And then he had a 2023 number and his 2023 number was right now if it's dry enough, (laughs) because that's what the weather was doing at the time, you know, but if you put it all together over time, probably better to have waited, but you couldn't argue the point that it was warm and it mm-hmm. was dry, and we can do it now uh, this year. So I think soybeans is the same yep. way this year. If you had some in last week, you know you're probably going to be all right. Yeah. But year in and year out, it's probably better that first couple weeks of April to really get around for sure. I,
1: like I said, I, I get a little bit nervous in 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 March, and some years I've seen it where you can get away with it, no harm, no foul. Uh, and then some years, obviously uh, an April freeze would would get you but this seems to be one of those years as long as we started planting after that last uh heavy frost that we had that you know again we don't know what two weeks from now is going to look like yet but right now there's nothing in the in the forecast
0: Tom have you ever looked at that I know you look at as much weather data as anybody I know but the number of times that we have a freeze in April and it's not often no I hadn't I hadn't looked at that Talking about memorable years, in 2007 was one. We definitely got to freeze in April. I don't know how many beans we had in that year. Eric talked about the corn. You know, really took a hit, and the wheat, for sure, took a hit that year. Too long ago to remember how much beans we had in. You weren't even here, Tom.
2: Which year are we talking about?
0: 2007. You hadn't even gotten here yet. No, I hadn't.
2: (laughs) I didn't start until May. This
0: is where I would say Trent was like in high school, but don't do that anymore. I've sworn off teasing Trent about being young since he's not <coughs> young Because I'm not young anymore. <laughs> <Just
1: Yeah.
2: laughs> Stop. You like to just make those comments because I'm the oldest one in the room right now. No, you weren't here. I, I know. I'm aware. You, you were on your way, but you, hadn't quite, That's right, you yeah. hadn't quite got here yet. I hadn't yet, no.
1: Well, a lot of this plant and date stuff too, you know, it depends on where you're standing in the state. That that last thread of frost is different for sure in a different latitude than than others. And we, we grow a lot of soybeans in our state from, from top to bottom. So, but I mean, it was today, April the 4th, we said, I mean, it's, it's fair, it's fair game. Oh yeah. So what are you most excited
0: about this year?
1: I am hopeful that this year is going to be the year where we see, uh, you know, we have a lot of new varieties that are coming online now uh, just with transition from, around it ready to extend to extend flex traits in in soybeans and some there's some new enlist varieties as well but but I guess the thing that I'm hoping to see this year is that next elite variety that everybody will talk about for the next 5 years because it's it's so good. You know we haven't had one of those in a, in a couple of years now and it feels like it's time to to see one show its way to the top. Plus we have tied our state yield record like 3 times now. At fifty four bushels, and you know, I'm just hoping that this is going to be the year. Maybe we can break that, bump up to
0: fifty five. <laughs> so, speaking of that, you know, people talk about your know, average yields. The average is always, most of the time, lower than what you right. what you want. Right. Then being an average, there's another group of guys that the average is what they want if so they could get there, but. Collectively, across our two plus million acres of soybeans, what does it take to move the needle a little bit? And I know you're not going to bump the state average three, four bushels, but to, to bump it from 54 to 55 or pie in the sky, 54 to 56, what
1: does the year look like to make that jump without the abundant rainfall now? I mean, we, we have warm temperatures that can get the crop let me back up and say I think most years when we have those windows in April to plant it's still relatively cool the soil's cool we'll plant because we can get in and accomplish some acres in a a couple of days before the next rain but those acres are the ones that take eight nine ten days to come out of the ground our temperatures now this crop will come out of the ground a little faster than that and and be off to the races so if we could get just the rainfall and the, and the wetness of the field to get to where we could cover some ground, we would be setting ourselves up, number one, optimum planting date to be able to take that next step in the, in the overall yield gain. I, I think that you know what we've seen in the last decade, 12, 14 years, going from the low 40s to the mid 50s as a state, there's a lot of reasons for that, obviously, just overall better management of the crop from beginning to end. Um, you know paying more attention to to you know nutrients and you know everything from from beginning to end, but I'd say the two biggest things that contribute to that are an, a more acres planted in an optimum window and then genetics with higher yield potential overall. Those two things are in place uh if we can just get in and and, and get the get the crop planted in the next three or four weeks Flip the script on you. do you have any concerns? twenty twenty three. After uh whatever year it was when the red banded stink bug came about, that always hangs in the back of my mind whenever we get wet Aprils and, and wet Mays and then planting date just gets pushed further and further and further because you do get to a point where you know, I've heard I've heard our entomologists say often that the best you know, insect management program's an early planting date. So when you when you have a delay in planting, which we can't control Obviously, we're going to have lower yield potential to begin with, and then when you look at, you know, I know we've had a couple of cold snaps this past winter, but but for the most part, we've had like, what, six really cold days since last fall? Yeah, uh, and
2: some of them were in December. And, and Yeah, and <laughs> so, one of them
1: was Christmas weekend, another one was a few weeks ago, so, that's right. you know, hopefully that will help manage some of the, the insect issues for later in the summer, but it always makes me nervous when when it's a relatively warm winter overall, and then if we coupled that with any delays in planting, we would have a obviously a lower yield potential crop that may have an uphill battle to fight from pest management.
2: Are you keeping most of your on farm trial locations the same?
1: Well, about half of what we normally do are you know long term cooperators and and we go back to the, the same general area on the same farm year in year out and then and then some of them are new first year cooperators and how many of those will you have total this year? It's still up in the air. Uh I don't really know how many I have until after we finish planting them but but we we have planned to do 30 to 40 total. We we have have plans in place to accomplish that many. We try to scatter those out, you know, statewide and and capture all the different different regions of the state. So
2: yeah, I was going to say some of those locations, when you put them down around Natchez, that's all going to depend on standing water, that's how right. much it rains if the river's up. And I don't, obviously the river I don't think is up.
0: Well, it's up significantly from
2: From what it was the in fall. the fall, but uh, it's not up yeah, to no. historic levels oh, like no. it did to start the season, whatever some of those no, years by, were.
0: by no means, no. So what about you? You got any concerns going into the 2023 soybean crop?
2: I'd say no, uh, at least not right now. I mean, I think folks should pay attention to the potential hazards. I'll use that word instead of what I could say some of the other things. Don't ever let soybean rust slip out of the back of your mind. And it having been a warm winter. That's one that definitely leaps out on the front of my brain that we could get into a situation if we end up with an you know early planting season and it stays warm and wet to start the year, but it's that hasn't happened to this point. But it's not one that you can forget about because by golly, whatever year it was, maybe three years ago, I had somebody say to me, you know, well, I didn't even think we needed to be concerned about soybean rust anymore. I'm like, no, you need to be concerned about that thing every year. Uh, And the biggest concern there is, is A, we don't plant sentinel plots anymore. And B, a lot of the people that had been in that program uh, previously have retired. So the number of people that run up and down the road and look for just that disease are down to like one or two people. And that's about it. So that would be the only one that would really stick out in front of my mind. You know, everything else, notwithstanding, it's... You know, make make good decisions when you're spending money on inputs is definitely another one of those things I think to consider.
1: Tom, do you have any comments on any of our newer varieties in terms of their, you know, genetic disease packages? And it I, seems I, like most of them are pretty respectable.
2: Yeah, that's just what I was going to say. Looking at looking at variety trials the last couple of years, you know, Frog eye is the one that usually jumps out that most people are concerned about, and there are not a lot of varieties that are in any of those sets that are frog eyes susceptible the other one stem canker comes to mind not a lot of things that are out there that are stem canker susceptible and i think that does a great job for farmers to choose good resistant germplasm biggest concerns on the disease front i mean nematodes we saw tons of places last year that had huge root knot issues so if you've got one of those places make sure you're doing something to manage that either you hopefully have rotated or you've chosen a resistant variety. And I know a lot of those data are not necessarily out there. That's something we're sticking some plots in this year. We actually have come up with a piece of ground that we can do some good root knot testing.
1: Yeah, that'll be beneficial. I know I know. last year, it just seemed like from my observations, the hotter, drier year, a lot of issues that we probably have that are typically masked by optimum weather really showed themselves last year with with hotter and drier periods and and root systems struggling a little bit more than they normally do.
2: There were some places that that kind of stood out driving down the road last year. And you could tell what was going on in the field because I'd, I'd run out and look just to double check myself and people would stop and say, hey, what you looking at? I'm like, oh, big root knot problem. They're like, oh, I didn't even realize that was there. I'm like, oh, that's been there a while. So that's one that I think we saw a lot more of that last year. So, so long as it's not as hot and dry as it was, I think those will – they'll hide themselves again, which is not such a good thing. Trent, we appreciate you coming over, man.
0: I know y'all spend a lot of time on the road, so be safe. I know with a program your size and, and statewide like it is, that just requires a lot of windshield time, shuttling seed, and, and late nights getting back home too. So uh, y'all, y'all should be careful when you're out there doing what you do, and I know we'll have you back on. Yeah, man. I'm sure, in a few weeks. Thank talking you. Talking about something else. For sure.
2: Good to see you, man. Y'all too.
0: The Mississippi Crop Situation podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.